Hello, you are very welcome to our WIT Talk Student Life podcast brought to you by the Student Life and Learning Department here in Waterford Institute of Technology. My name is Tom Grinsel. I'm Emer Burdock. And we are your hosts for episode 11 of this podcast. Uh, today, we're focusing on some of the opportunities that arise for students through the Access Office in WIT. Um, the Access Office run some excellent programs for students while linking in with external agencies throughout the process. And we are joined on this podcast by two WIT graduates, Rhiannon Kavnia and V. Carroll, as well as by Robin Croke, a staff member from the Access Office here in WIT. You're all very welcome today and thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Thanks, Emer. So just, just to kick things off then, it's always nice to find out a little bit about our guests. Um, so if I could ask you all to give a brief introduction to yourselves and what you do, that would be great. Um, so if it's okay, we might start with you first, Robin. Thanks, Emer. Well, my name is Robin Croke, and as you said, I work in WIT Access Office um, here as part of the Student Life and Learning Student Support Department in WIT. I'm in the Access Office since February 2017. And before that, I had been working in the clubs and societies in the sports department in WIT since 2004. So um, I'm knocking around a bit of a bit of a time now. And I was a student in WIT before that, so I'm, I'm going back to 1996 when I came in as a student in college. So I'm I'm here a while, Emer. Yeah. Yeah, Part long of, history here. Part of the furniture, right. Robin. <laughs> Very good. So coming to you next, Rianne, and then can you tell us a little bit about yourself as well and what you've been up to? Um, since finishing your studies. Yeah, so my name is Rihanna Kavner and um, I am the current Vice President for Education um, with WIT Students Union and this is my second year in the role. Um, I graduated in 2019 um, from the LLB Bachelor of Laws course. Um, I started in 2016 um, and yeah, um, I've just been working with the Students Union ever since. Very good. And then last but not least, V, if you wouldn't mind giving us a, a brief intro as well. Um, I just graduated my my undergrad in WIT in June, just gone. I'm currently at the moment doing a master's in criminology in TU in Dublin. Oh, very good. Very interesting. Yes, good stuff. Um, so I suppose, that, Robin, we're going to go to you first, just to, if you could just tell us a little bit about the access office here in WIT and maybe what you do exactly and uh, and we'll go from there then. Yeah, no problem, Tom. I suppose the the access office, the, the main the main idea, the main remit of the access office is to, to widen participation in and maybe access to third level education for, for groups of the population that might be underrepresented at third level in particular. Um, we work very closely with lots of our different partners um, in the, the wider area, in the city and the county and, and the southeast region in particular. I suppose we've lots of local schools we do. We have lots of different programs, primary school and secondary school programs. We work with the school completion program um, here in Waterford and the school completion program in Ashura, as well as lots of different um, local organizations, you know, that range from loads of different supports, as I said, for maybe different areas of the population that would be underrepresented in, in third level. So maybe you're talking about ethnic minorities or mature students, uh, students with disabilities, maybe students who are lone parents and their parents themselves. Uh, maybe students who have come from families that have financial difficulties or socioeconomic um, issues. Mm. So, yeah, that's that's really, I suppose, the the main 
main aim of the access office is to you know to broaden the horizons for, for lots of the population. Yeah, it really sounds like it caters for the wide wider community. Like it's uh, and and you might just give us an idea of maybe some of the opportunities that you know that can come um, or that are available to students that are part of the access programs as well. Yeah, so I suppose we we run programs from primary school up to third level, Tom, and um, the primary school ones would be targeted at the local desh schools where they come in and they get. They, you know, they, they get immersed into the college, they, they come in, they get, um, they do different modules. So they might do some sport or they might do some, some uh, first aid or they might do some IT. So they, you know, they come in after school, they get involved in, in the college, they come in and use the canteen facilities, they use um, some of our classrooms for, for doing their homework. And then they do, they do, as I said, they do different programs with us in sports, to health sciences, to IT and sign into the science labs and everything like that. So it's just um, it's just a fantastic opportunity for those kind of students. Um, we go into secondary schools. We would do um, things that are targeted students that made. So one of our, our key programs will be our library access program. So that's just given students who's currently sitting there leaving cert maybe access to the facilities in the in the library. So it's a very simple program. The schools select the students to go onto the program, and the students then sign up for us here to get their WIT card. And they can use they can use their they can use the WIT library facilities. So it might be a case that they wouldn't have the facilities at home. They mightn't have the, the, the study space, or they might have the quiet environment they need to study. So it's just a very simple program, but it it helps you know those secondary school kids um, to maybe do that a little bit better in their leaving cert or things like that. You know, so that's we run loads of different secondary school programs. Tom, from um, as I said, the library program we do a math support program. We do jump a grade, which is an online um, grind service. Um, we, we run, we have access places for the different try events here in the college. So from try business, try sport, try science, try architecture. We'll be in touch with the local schools again. They'll nominate some students from their from their schools or from their classes, and we'll get those students onto the onto the different events that we run here in the college. Um, so in in terms of our third level programs, we was we mostly focus on, we have a REACH program, which yeah. is um, the REACH program, I suppose, if anyone has heard of the HEAR scheme, is the national access route to college. The REACH program is, is our, our version of the HEAR scheme. So we have here, we have REACH places for um, up to 20 REACH places every year. And they, um, all the schools in the Southeast region can nominate students for the REACH program. So if they're, if students do get onto the REACH program, they get, they get a mentor in first year um, and they have support, you know, they get a, they get different supports. So from academic supports to financial support, um, they're plugged into the different services in the college and, you know, the, the access office staff can, you know, we're there to kind of answer any questions or help with any, anything that comes up. Yes. Um, and it, it's fantastic. And um, is real, like you, you can really see the, how, how beneficial these programs would be to, say the your second level up to third level and pri primary up to third level like it's it's a fantastic opportunity for the students and i i know um uh, rhiannon and v would have been say involved in some of these programs with the access office and i suppose just going to move on to rhiannon there and just find out how um how did these programs kind of help you uh transition into third level 
Yeah, so I suppose I'm a bit of a long-term um, member of the, the Access Office. Um, I actually went to St. David's National School in Watford, um, which will be one of the schools on the primary school um, programmes that run. And I do actually go on from the primary school um, coming over and kind of getting a feel for college at such a young age. Um, and I suppose I came from an area and grew up in an area where it's probably not that common for people to go to college. Um, it's probably even more common for because it's high unemployment, but it's probably more common for people to go into kind of like trade work and stuff like that. And it's not very, so it's an academic area. So getting to kind of, I suppose, get an approach to college and get kind of a feel for it at such a young age, it kind of made me want to kind of aspire to go into college as an, as an older adult. And I suppose I would have always been quite academic anyway. Um, but getting to get involved with the programme at such a young age, um, so at like, you know, maybe nine or ten, um, definitely gave me kind of the motivation to, to want to go on and to kind of progress as I as I grew up. Um, then I suppose in secondary school, I actually did a bit of work at school completion myself. Um, I used to volunteer um, and work with the team there for their summer camps, um, which would have been in my secondary school during the presentation. Um, and we would have worked with that every year. So I did that for about four or five years, I'd say, when I was in secondary school. Um, and that's how I actually got involved um, in sixth year in the library access programme. Um, so I would have been on that as well and kind of would have again given me kind of, I suppose, um, a feel for college in that I, I got to use the library and some facilities and stuff. Um, and I suppose it made me knuckle down there for the leaving search and, and really kind of aspire to get good grades. So that, that's kind of how I got introduced um, to the access office property and kind of got a feel for the REACH programme. Um, so it was great then as a student to be involved in that because it was a really supportive programme. Um, and I suppose, again, the area that I would have typically grown up in um, would have been one that probably would have been a bit more socioeconomic um, in terms of its, its kind of area and stuff like that. And it would have been one where, for those who did go to college, a lot of people probably dropped out. Um, so by having the REACH programme behind me and for, by, by being on that programme as a student, it kind of gave me that kind of feeling that I always had a bit of support there behind me. Um, and if I was ever kind of question whether I should be in college at any stage or you know if I would ever find it tough or anything like that I always kind of just have it in the back of my mind that I had somebody there that I could go to and um, as, as a kind of member on the program I know we all had mentors and um, so it was kind of good to be in touch with your mentor rather regularly um, and just be able to kind of lean on them if you were feeling at any stage like maybe you were kind of out your depth or whatever and it was really good then they were kind of able to calm you down um, and kind of you know they were kind of able to reiterate to you that you were meant to be there um, and you absolutely had the right to be in college even though you may have come from a different area and that was such a beneficial thing to me as a student um, on that program so I came right up from primary through to third level um, onto the access office and it probably has made me um, like the person that I am today and kind of put me where I am today in terms of and um, success. So yeah, no, it's, it's definitely a fantastic initiative. No, it's brilliant. And um, say you would have mentioned that you were going through, say, the different phases of the program and that. And uh, I know many students would kind of just be asking the question themselves, like, how was it for you, I suppose, moving or experiencing living away from home or did you live away from home or were you in the um, locality? No, I, actually, I actually stayed in Waterford, so I'm from myself. Um, I literally lived like five minutes away from Dublin. Um, right, so I was wicked local, but I suppose, um, you know, even though I was quite academic um, my whole life, I, I still kind of, I suppose, struggled 
um, in college in terms of just, you know, obviously there's a big jump from kind of second level to third level. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of students probably feel that um, that sometimes it is kind of like, you know, you are a bit kind of like a fish out of water at some stage um, and, and, you know, it can be a little bit overwhelming. Um, so I suppose kind of knowing that there was kind of support there through the access office is fantastic. Um, and it just kind of it gave you that kind of a, I, I don't think I needed to use it too much, but it just kind of gave you that reassurance that if, you know, if you're ever in a position where you were feeling a little bit overwhelmed or, you know, if you were feeling in a position where maybe, you know, you were in a position where your course wasn't right for you or there was something going on at an early stage, you kind of knew that you had that person there and you weren't kind of battling with it in your own head. You kind of knew that you had a person there that you could go to um, and it was kind of, you really were able to get through things very, very easily. Um, and it just made the process a lot probably smoother than, than it might be, you know, for, for somebody who is kind of having difficulty with those situations. Yeah. It is a fantastic program for that. It sounds like you had a fantastic uh, support network around you as well. And um, like, did, did you find yourself facing many challenges um, when you started third level or how did you, I know you kind of went through the, the transition into third level, but did, uh, did some challenges arise for you as, as you went through that process as well? Yeah, I suppose the whole figuring it out um, was a huge thing. So I suppose like when you went to college, there's no kind of, I suppose, it's not that really teaches you what third level is going to be like. Um, and it's, it's not really like school where, you know, you're, you're kind of spoon-fed a lot of your stuff in school. And, and it's just like, you kind of learn it off, you do your exam and you forget about it then afterwards. With college, it's a little bit different because obviously it's, it's much more professionally um, developed. And it's a lot more kind of aimed at, you know, you leaving as a graduate and going into a career path. Um, so I suppose from that perspective, it probably was a little bit challenging just kind of bridging that gap between, you know, what you had been used to for six years as a secondary school student and then coming in and kind of having to learn that element of like your own personal research, your own personal development and your own professional development um, in third level. And I suppose that's probably the biggest challenge that I would have faced, um, faced in college was just kind of learning the differences between those two and then being able to kind of nearly forget in a sense of what I had been taught for six years and kind of reteach myself how to be like a third level student and how to kind of be a little bit more professional in the the work that you do and kind of the work that you're submitting and stuff like that. Yeah and that's the thing that they are kind of some challenges that we would well I, I know I would face as well in in third level too but um we were just going to uh just going to ask you something similar and on the transition into third level how was that for you um well i've come from complete opposite background of rihanna um i came from a background where i had i had moved to ireland when i was eight years old so i didn't know the language at that stage and um that kind of plagued my school kind of work all the way through and um, they kept saying that the issues was to do with trying to transition into English from Danish. And um, as a result, I was kept back in primary school for twice because I couldn't get into secondary school to get past the exams that you had to get in at that stage. And uh, when I went into secondary school, I absolutely just couldn't handle any of the work whatsoever. And uh, I had troubles at home as well. I came from a very bad background as well from like with problems at home. So with the two of them, it was the perfect storm of how to drop out of, out of school. So I dropped out of school, barely just about reading and writing, just about. And then kind of in my late 20s, I started learning to read and write myself. Then I was on a couple of false courses and then I did some feed techs. 
And when I did the free text, I was at Wedge College. There, there was a, I was in the National Learning Center and uh, I was doing the free tech there. And they absolutely, they said to me that I was too academically bright to be doing the free tech at the level I was doing. And that I should have, they encouraged me to, to, to apply for college here in, w, in WIT. And uh, what happened was I applied to the normal route of mature student. And I said to myself, ah, do you know what? At least I tried, you know, like I, I put my name down. I won't get accepted. It's great. You know, I just kind of had that attitude like, you know, yeah. And then all of a sudden, it's the day of the, the, the what you call it, of the CEO uh, kind of result. And it's, you're in. And it was like pure panic. It was, oh, my God, how am I going to do this now? I'm actually, I've actually walked myself into something. I have no idea what I'm going to do. Like, so it was quite funny. And Were you going through a range of emotions college, on that day? Yeah, please. exactly. Like, it was just a roller coaster. It was like disbelief of, oh, my God, I actually got in. Like, you know, and um, when I started college now, um. I kept saying to myself, you know what, I, at worst, I'll drop out after one semester, I, I'll fail out. And at least I tried it. I can say, well, I, you know what, I officially went to college and it just didn't work out for me. Like, But um, what happened was in the first semester, I started having problems with reading and writing. And um, I got in touch with the disability services within WIT. And um, they, they sent me for an assessment for dyslexia. And I was diagnosed then. With severe dyslexia so at least that like it kind of explained where I was coming from with the reading and writing problems and um, so I had to kind of deal with that as long along with my studies you hear me yeah um, and then during my first year um the student life and uh the support services uh they were much called I was very linked in with them and um they were absolutely great support they were the ones that put me in touch with uh a bursary that was being um, offered at that stage. And that's how come I got involved with Robin then in the access office, um, which called through the process of doing that application. And I, I what you call, I actually got awarded the bursary in the end. But, um, the V was in, on, in first year, on the first year, the 1916 bursary, Tom. So that's, so, um, yeah, so that's, that was a new bursary at the time. It was, it was only got after being launched. So it's, uh, we're in our fourth year of that now. So. So V is one of our success stories, I suppose, that uh, she's graduated now. She's doing her masters in, in you know, TU Dublin. So that's brilliant. Yeah. yeah. So as I said, that's how come I got involved with the access office, and um, what you call it, and then they kept in touch with me for the whole duration of my studies, which was an excellent support on top of the other supports that I was already receiving in WIT at the time. And uh, just in terms of the the course that you, you you applied for V, how did that come about at the time or did you just put something down just to apply or did you have any thoughts in your head when, when um, you were going through the application it, process? I initially went for the mature students day in WIT. Um, they had an open day and I was listening to all the, the students talk about the various subjects. Now I had flicked through the book prior to that and I was I people were saying to me, or pick a subject where you're kind of more or less guaranteed a job. So I do what you call it. And everybody kept saying, do marketing. And I said to myself, yeah, that doesn't really kind of sync with me. But you know what? If it gets you a job, that'd be great. But my every time I kept flicking through the book, my heart kept going to wanting to do criminology or the criminal justice studies. Every The subjects just all stood out to me. But I was worried that I didn't see where it would go at the end of it. I couldn't see career prospect kind of in the end of it. 
And uh, so, as I said, I went to Mature Student Day and one of the, the, the Mature Students got up and spoke about criminology. And that was it. I never looked back. I just, yeah. You were hooked. That. It was gone. Like everything else just went out the window. I didn't care about the prospects at the end of it. You know, so it was just like, yeah, absolutely loved it. That's fantastic. Uh, we just mentioned the 1916 bursary there, Robin. I'm just going to ask you a little bit on it. What is the bursary or what are reach in 1916 exactly? I know you kind of briefly touched on it at the start, um, which might just give us kind of a little bit more information around that and how can a student apply for these as well? Yeah, the 1916 bursary, Tom, is, is it's a relatively new bursary um, for third level students. I suppose it's, um, it's for first time entrance. So it can be, we have found that the majority of the, of the applications that the students who are accepted on, on the, for the bursary um, are, are coming in maybe as mature entrants, um, but as long as they're first time entrants to third level, they're, they're eligible. It's, um, it's worth, you know, it's a financial bursary, I suppose, which is obviously a huge part of any, any sort of program or any sort of support, but the 1916 bursary is worth 5,000 euro per academic year. So that's, you know, that's significant funding if you're doing three, four, five or six year course and it follows you, it follows you through the duration of your course as long as you're as you're progressing. Um, so it is significant money, I suppose, you know. But as V might have touched on, I suppose it's, it's bigger than just the finance. It's it is about support, it is about you know, um trying to help the student, you know, as Rhiannon would have mentioned as well, you know, transitioning from coming from secondary school or coming from outside and then coming into a third level environment where it can be totally alien to people and some people sink and some people swim. And it's really, it comes down to everyone's individual, you know, individual needs or their own kind of characteristics. When you go to college, it is totally about yourself, what you put into it and what you want to get out of it. So um, it's different in relation to school or anything in that it really is back down to individuals. So I suppose the 1916 bursary is there to support the students in their journey. And, um, and it's brilliant for us to see, you know, students, as I said, this is, we're, we're four years into the program um, v was here with us for three years and now she's she's gone on to do her master's which which is you know that's the ultimate for us to see someone's progressing not only progress but doing as well as they can and then to, to go on to you know to go on to further their studies even is, is, is as good yeah. as anything else. it must else. be great for you robin to to see that um from students that have been part of these programs or on these bursaries that they are continuing to progress and and going on doing masters and things like it must be very kind of um must be brilliant for you to see that like well this was rewarding I suppose Rhiannon mentioned that she started on the learning for life program as a, as a maybe a 9 10 11 year old in St Saviour's and then yeah. now now Rhiannon is is the you know working for working for students after coming through the, the WIT after coming through secondary school and then now she's working with the student union, you know, representing students and helping students out with, with their needs. So, of course, it's hugely rewarding to see that progress. But um, it's just fantastic, I suppose. You know, and I'm I'm, I'm only in the only in the office maybe four years now, but I've seen I've seen students, you know, progress and do as well as they can. And some and, and sometimes you see students, you know, that they are struggling. That's part of the job as well. But we hope that the students are on our programs. That you know, we are, we do try and support them. And sometimes it's just support day to day might not be, you know, getting their degree or going on to a master's or a career, but it might be just, you know, it doing as well as they can for, for a particular day to day or getting through their courses is, the, is a great thing for us to see. Yeah, Tom. Yeah, yeah it's super. And uh, 
like going back uh, to somebody maybe that's that's starting out Rhiannon and getting involved in these programs now like would you have um advice for anyone that is is starting out or um would you advise would would you kind of recommend following your line of study or or you might just kind of give us a little bit of an insight around that yeah absolutely and um, so firstly for anybody kind of considering any of the programs or anything like that i would definitely encourage them to get involved that was had the support element of something that's not something that can kind of just just be found anywhere and um, it is found through programs like this and it is something that could be crucial um, between you know a student's option to, to continue on to progress and um, despite any struggles or you know to leave and to have not have received that support at all so um, I would definitely encourage students to get involved in, this, or in these programs um, or apply for the bursaries or whatever it might be and um, that might get them you know might be the difference between them getting their qualification and not um, I suppose in, in my line of study um, I absolutely loved my course and um, as I said I did law um, I did the LLB programme and I came into college with the intention of wanting to become a solicitor um, and about two years and I decided that's absolutely not what I want to do. So I would just advise anybody that is going to college um, that has kind of their mindset on what they want to do, just to be open-minded because I suppose I kind of came in thinking, okay, you study law, you go on, you be a solicitor, barrister, judge, and that's kind of what you do um, with that qualification. But I actually have decided that I want to go on a completely different route um, and I have just applied for a master's um, in European law and public policy um, to specialise in European um, human rights and criminal justice laws and um, so that is that's what I'm going to do and that's something completely different to what I wanted to do when I initially, when I initially came to college so I just advise people to um, apply themselves to their course as much as possible and reach out for any support that they need and um, to be open-minded about what you want to do because your course can teach you a lot. As you go along you can kind of figure out what you like what you don't like what suits you what don't suit you and then you can kind of decide what you want to do when you leave college but the main thing is just to enjoy your time as well. College is such a fantastic experience and, and we're, we're so lucky um, for those of us who do go on to third level um, and to progress through it to be able to do that. So I just think enjoy it, have fun and kind of get involved as much as you can. And um, yeah, that would be my advice to anybody that's either considering going to college or anybody that's maybe in first year and has just started out and maybe is having doubts about the, the situation. There's always somebody there that you can talk to. There's always support available for you. So think always just reach out and 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 there's always somebody here that can kind of advise you on, on what to do or where to go yeah i think the big thing is like um when you enter third level you don't have like we're all kind of uh thrown into the deep end nobody knows exactly how their path's going to um or what path they're going to follow or what they're going to you know how it's going to map out but i think it's just it's it's kind of a process of finding what works for each individual uh, but are we kind of right in saying that? Yeah, definitely. As I said, everyone is different um, and people are going to come at things at their own pace. Um, I suppose I would be quite like an academic person generally. Um, I always would have been. So I suppose I took the academic side of college quite well, even though it was challenging kind of getting over, you know, the, the transition to it. I took the academic side of it quite well. Whereas there's some people that come to college and they might be on like much more practical course and that might be something that suits them. So it's just about kind of going to open days, chatting to other students, trying out the try events that are available. Um, I actually would have that, did that when I was in sixth year. I did the try law event and I'm not sure if that's still running now, but it was at the time. 
Um, and that's kind of how I figured out the WIT was definitely where I wanted to come. Um, and, you know, the course here was right for me. So I suppose just getting involved as much as you can and um, doing your research and then kind of just finding what suits you and what interests you really. And then hopefully that kind of is half the battle of, you know, getting something that you like and then being able to kind of press it on. It's a little bit different school in that, you know, you're giving all these subjects in school, like English, Irish, maths, history, geography, whatever it is. And you've no choice but study these things because they're what are on the curriculum. Whereas when you come to college, you've obviously decided on your area of study and then the, the modules that you take and the modules that you do are relevant to that. So they're, they're probably a little bit more interesting than those in school. So if anybody is maybe like thinking about coming to college and they, they didn't have a great time in school because they maybe weren't as into the subjects and stuff, college is that little bit different in that the, the subjects are probably more of your interest area. So it might suit you a little better than, than maybe what like school would have done at the time. Yeah, and that's it. Um, you're kind of, you're going into a, an area that you're interested in. So the subjects would generally kind of more suited to the the individual as well which is which is a, a great probably uh message just for anyone that's a prospective student as well and v i'm just going to uh just go back um to yourself for a minute and i, I kind of really love the way that you know no challenge was too big for you just listen to your your story there and and it's great to hear and um what i would just like to find out a little bit more obviously you're on the, the you were a recipient of one of the bursaries in WIT. So you might just tell us how that helped you. And then you might just give us some advice again for somebody starting out and maybe going on not a similar journey, but coming up against some of the challenges that you may have faced as well along the way. Um, the bursary, first of all, made a huge difference. Um, from the Because I was coming in as a mature student, I would have been only on social welfare. Um, I was kind of worried about the idea of how was I going to make ends meet. And I did get a Susie grant, which gave it a little bit of a boost as well. But I still had the everyday of pressures at home of having to pay bills. And plus the fact that I was using, like I was only about 10, 15 minutes away, but I'd had, I would drive into college as well. Like, you know I me, mean? So it was just extra petrol money and the idea then that when you're in college, you were kind of like, you probably want, uh, you need copies and, you know, like everyday kind of essentials. Plus also you're in there all day. So you'd have to go to the, you'd go to the canteen as well. And I found before the bursary, these, these pressures were worrying me. So I was kind of playing, I was kind of at a stage where I would say, okay, well, if I have a sandwich and a tea, I will forfeit something else in my shopping during the week to pay for that you know I me mean? so I was kind of against yeah. the wall in that way but when I once I got the bursary it was it was like a weight was lifted off me it was no more of oh my god do I have to kind of say well I can't afford a sandwich but I'll have a tea it was all kind of I could go in and then just have whatever I wanted like I could have a dinner then and not have to worry about going home to cook a dinner then and you know I me mean? so it's just so it's different. I know that's very simple, but that's that's a huge difference. It made a huge difference to me. Also, the bursary gave me an opportunity with other things as well, in the sense of that um the, during my first year there was an opportunity to go abroad as part of an exchange for a week, and we had to pay for that. And I initially had said no, I couldn't do it because I couldn't afford it. There was no way I would have been able to to to, to even justify it in my budget at that time. But once I got the bursary, I was gone, and it was one of the best things I did for the. That we went to Germany for a week, and it was great. And it was actually really nice that I got to see that different aspect of college, whereas I wouldn't have been able to do that. 
also the fact of even the, a, a social life where I was able to go out and just meet up and have a chat with people for a coffee. Those little things, as I said, it made a huge difference on little small things like that. I also um, kept some of the money towards when I started in, when I kind of got past first year, I started realizing I was academically, you know, like bright and I wanted to be there. Like, and I was kind of like more motivated at that stage. It took me a year to kind of ease into the transition of college. And um, after that, then, as I said, I kept money and I said to myself, I'll go and do the master's. So I put some of the money towards my master's as well. And at the moment that's working out great as well. So as I said, without the bursary, I wouldn't have been it. Those options would have would have still been there, but it would have been a lot more difficult to kind of achieve it. Whereas yeah. I didn't have that worry anymore. Sounds like it definitely eased that pressure from UV that you know you, you had that comfort in, in knowing that the bursary was there to support you. As I said, it made a huge difference. Mm. As I said, it didn't become about, oh, well, who do I have to rob to pay Pete or to pay Paul sort of thing. I mean, and I think a lot of students who come from areas that are kind of like socioeconomically affected would be worrying about the, that kind of aspect of it. And I would absolutely encourage any student who is in first year to absolutely apply for the, 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 for the bursary, even if you're not successful apply for it the, the next year as well if, if you can if I don't know what they're allowed but if, if if they are like they should um at the end of the day as I said it made a huge difference in my college experience at the end of the day Brilliant. and as for students coming in my advice to them is pick a subject that you you have an interest in because when things get hard and they will get hard because it's college that's what will keep you motivated that'll keep you on the narrow of why you're doing it because if I, I let's say for argument's sake I would have went and done marketing I would have still given it the 110% but my passion didn't lie there my passion lied with the criminology as I said when once things get hard you kind of say well I really still love this subject and that's where you need to be in your head about when as I said when things don't necessarily go right I'd also recommend that you turn up for classes. I know that at the moment that everything is online and it's quite hard, but still be there because you learn invaluable information from the lecturer that not, are not on the slide. It's the stuff that the lecturer is talking to you about stuff on the slide. And you just get the context of slides. Whereas if you are actually there, you will hear extra context in everyday situations that they're using as an example. So it's really important to turn up for your lectures. and your marks will bear out the, what you call it, you put in the time time and effort for that. But um, as I said, most importantly, enjoy it because what you call it, it's, 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 it's the best thing that you'll ever do in your life is to go to college. It's the best thing I've ever done. Yeah, and that's brilliant. And I can really get that, um, I can get that feeling from you when you're speaking as well. You know, it sounds like you're, you're really, uh, you're really passionate about it and, you really made the most of the opportunity as well. And uh, V just mentioned one thing there, Robin, if a student is unsuccessful, can they reapply again or what's the process there? No, it's, it's actually for, sorry, for first years only. So um, you apply, you know, um, the application process isn't open yet for, for new first years coming in in September, Tom, but it will be open in the next coming weeks. So if people just keep an eye on the WIT website on the 1916 bursary section, they can, um, they'll see the application process is open. But I suppose a key point is that, you know, um, 
students who do apply to the 1916 bursary and not everyone is successful, you know, you're on the radar, you're, 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 you're on the radar of the WIT Access Office and that uh, we can plug you then into services then, suppose, particularly this year, um, we've, we've really had, we've, we've had the opportunity to, to identify those students who weren't successful in their application to the REACH program, who weren't successful on their application to the 1916 bursary, but we've been able to plug them into the Student Assistant Fund, you know, the laptop scheme and all the different services that are in college. And I suppose that's, that's just the advantage of applying. So if you do apply, you know, and you're you know, only, only a certain amount of people can be successful from year to year, but you're not, you're not forgotten about, I suppose. You're, you're on the radar of, the, of the, the access office and the student support team around that. So that's, it's, it's crucial that you get your application in and, you know, and hopefully things will go, go well for you after that. And that's it. Like you said, you've been student that did apply and were unsuccessful. You've been pushing them towards the other various supports, which is, uh, which is, you know, it's, it's great to know as well that, that there is so many other supports. Yeah, there's so available. many supports, Tom. You look, you know yeah. yourself, there's so many supports in the college and you know, this podcast is fantastic. You're, you're learning something new every time that you put it out about the different services. But I remember as a student and even as when I was working in my previous job, you wouldn't know, you wouldn't be aware of the amount of services and the amount of supports that are available. It's only when you're, you know, you're working in that area or you're, or sometimes it's only when you have a problem yourself that you only find out. So it's a bush. Yeah. Getting, the, getting the message out there and you're doing a fantastic job in doing that in the different different forms but you know there's, there's huge amounts of support out there you know the worst thing for any student to do is just put the head down and just hope the problem is going to go away as Rhiannon mentioned you know just just ask just ask someone you know because there is there's a lot of good people out there and they're, they're all, everyone's willing to help so that's that's a key message I suppose we could try and get across that yeah and and and, and that is the big thing and i I'd imagine everybody can relate to it in some way. Um, like I know, even going back back when I was in college, not as long as, as ago as you, Robin. But uh, um, like I, I wouldn't have known about the supports until I actually needed the support. And I think a lot of students are probably in the same boat. So it's it's definitely beneficial in just pushing that information out there as well. Um, yeah, I think it's nice as well with the access office. It's not just about support. For getting in it's support for the duration of your courses you can get the help as well and it seems important as well it's great that that's that support is there as well through the access office yeah exactly yeah and um i i know uh, vu would have mentioned a lot of the say supports that you would have uh look for support or that you would have used say throughout your time in wit whether you mentioned the financial supports, but in terms of the academic supports, um, what did you do around that? I know you said you applied to the disability office and, and uh, you got support from there, but was there any other academic uh, supports that you would have used as well to help you along the way? Um, mainly it would have been, my main contact would have been with, um, with Robin's office, with the access office and with disability. Um, as I said, what you call they're they're kind of like the academic supports that I kind of I they, they help me with the academic part. The social aspect of it is um, on the criminal justice system uh, or studies uh, course. There's a peer to peer mentoring system. First year, I didn't really take part in it because I was still kind of trying to figure out where I was and where I was going. So in the second year, I actually tapped into that and I became a junior peer-to-peer -peer mentor 
And uh, then I went on in my third year, I became a senior mentor. But that helped me with socially kind of with a support in place for for kind of interacting with other students within the environment, you know what I mean? Mm. So I kind of, as I said, one thing about WIT, and I went in knowing nothing about WIT whatsoever, about any of the supports or anything that was going to be offered to me. And I learned once I was in there that it's very immersive and that um, that there's absolute great supports. As long as you're willing to ask for the supports or look for the supports, what you call it, they're absolutely there and they give you 110% of them. You know I mean? And all of those supports make absolute total difference to my the way I was thinking about college and about how I came out of college. At the end of it, as I said, I'm now doing a master's. The only reason I'm doing a master's was from the encouragement from all the supports that I got. So, as I said, I still owe a debt to WIT in a big way, not only like for the fact that they helped me financially, but they actually supported me with my own personal growth as well. So Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it, it sounds like you um, really appreciate that support too, and it's great. And um, Robin, just one thing on the, say, you know, the, the programs that are run through the Access Office, um, I know there is volunteering programs in that uh, available too, and say, um, how can students sign up to them or, is is there a yeah, way? Yeah, I suppose the year that year that's in it, Thomas. So yeah. COVID, the, the the volunteering programs were knocked on the head in relation. But um, but in in a typical a, year. In a year in general, students can sign up for the volunteering programs. Um, say early September, as soon as first semester really begins. Um, Colin Bonner heads up that part of it, the the access um, initiatives, and Colin will sign up students and. I suppose what they, they sign up for is to volunteer in the access programs as well. So they can act as, as mentors and for our after school homework clubs or in the learning for life, as I would have described earlier. And that's, that's what Rhiannon would have started off in. So, they, so the students themselves can get involved and you know, play a positive, positive um, role model kind of role for, for the primary school, secondary school kids that are coming into WIT. Um, so I know... I remember even V, I was doing um, an induction, a first year induction. I was bringing a, uh, a group around and V was actually the student ambassador with me. So she, so, so V was the one, myself and V, we never met. We hadn't met before, actually. We had met due to the 1916 bursary, but it was, um, I wasn't expecting to see V as the student ambassador then. It was um, bringing new first years around the college. And I think it was blind leading the blind on that day, V. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, it's brilliant. And, and and it's great to hear that, you know, if you do sign up to these, that you are getting involved in the programs um, to support the students coming through the access programs as well, which is fantastic. And you would have mentioned that as well, Rhiannon, that the, the, the mentor supports were probably key in your role as well, uh, progressing through um, second, third level. Would that be right in saying? Yeah, definitely. I suppose um, it just gave me kind of the exposure to college that I probably wouldn't have gotten before. Um, both of my parents, I suppose, I've been only child, so I had no older siblings maybe that would have went to college. And both of my parents would have just worked since they left school. So neither of them would have really went on, um, I suppose, and did anything like too academic and, and kind of in, in that sense. And that's kind of the, the main the main like scenario where I came from and where I grew up. So that was kind of what a lot of people saw all the time. So I suppose I had kind of this mentality in my head maybe that I grew up in that area that I wasn't maybe meant to go to college or that I didn't like really belong in college too much. 
because it wasn't really the done thing, like where I came from, where I grew up. Hmm. So I suppose getting that exposure to third level from such a young age and having that kind of consistently throughout my like uh, my transition between primary and secondary and secondary into third, that just gave me that kind of I suppose reassurance that. So anybody can go to college, no matter what your background, no matter what your kind of academic levels, no matter what it is. And um, there's so many routes into college. You know, if if you're maybe not so academic in school, you know, going on maybe working for a couple of years and then to tour student might be an option, or doing some PLC courses if your leaving site doesn't go your way. Um, but you still kind of have that determination that you want to go to college. That's another option. So there's so many options. Um, as to how people can get into third level. Um, and I suppose me kind of growing up and having exposure to um diversity through different programs, um, that would have kind of just reassured me that I did have a place there um, and that I did have kind of uh, a right to be there, even though maybe I kind of had it in my own head, but I didn't. And that's, I suppose, the main support from the reach service that I, I found. Obviously, there was like, they we were referred to academic writing workshops and stuff, which were great, but I suppose, and there was, I suppose, a financial element as well to the SAS that, that we were able to avail of. Um, but I suppose the main thing was just that kind of mentoring system and kind of having that person there that if you were feeling overwhelmed at any stage or you were feeling like, oh, maybe, you know, because of where I come from or because of um, maybe my financial um, situation at home or whatever reason it might be, maybe I shouldn't be in third level. It was just always kind of somebody there to kind of reassure you that, no, you're fine. Like, you know, whatever issues you're facing, we can work through. Um, and that just kind of helps to kind of motivate to, to, to get that done. And, and because I was there, then I suppose um, I, I really loved college um, and I really loved like what I did so so it was kind of it was nice to have that support and it just helped me through then until the, the point that I graduated then in, in 2019. Brilliant and uh, question that we'd probably want to to ask you both um, we won't ask you Robin because it might be a bit far back to remember but what was your most memorable part of of studying in WIT um, V so you might we might start with you on that one first. Uh, I would say the whole lot of it. Um, as I said, it gave me great insights into the fact that I, I was academically um, kind of suitable to be in college, whereas I already had an idea in my head that I wasn't. Um, also, the, 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 I made some great friends as well. While I was there, I, get to, I got to meet a lot of new people, got to see different perspectives from different angles of different people about my subject matter that I was down. Um, I do what call it, used to love, absolutely. I know this sounds very nerdy, but I used to just love going into the library and just standing looking at all of these books that are now available for me to be able to read and look at. Even if it was nothing to do with the subject matter I was down, but it was just the fact that it was a new world that had opened up to me. You know, what you call it, it just, I know it sounds very nerdy, but anyway. Um, no, so cool. it was kind of like, the, it, it just, it, as I said, the whole experience of going to college, as I said, has been the best thing I've ever done. And I think a lot of it is to do with all of the supports that I was offered. I didn't think that it would be to that level. I actually had an, I had this kind of stereotypic idea in my head of you go into college, you sit in the class, you just hear what's going on, you go home, you deal with it yourself. And that was it. That was the kind of stereotypic thing I had in my head about college. But it was the complete opposite. Um, totally, I was. It was absolutely a lie in my head. You know what I mean? And as I said, I'd absolutely recommend anyone in the world to go and try college, even if even if it doesn't work out. Just for the fact of just trying it is worth it alone, because what you call it? As I said, 
it'll open up a world to you that you may not have been, you may not have access to. Uh, sounds like you really made your, most of your time here as well, between being student ambassadors and involved in peer mentoring and everything. It really sounds like you did make the most of it while you're here, you had a ball. As I said, it took me a year. I kind of, I flew under the radar for about a year and I was kind of trying to find my feet and my confidence. And then after a year, I kind of started feeling that I wasn't, I was, it was okay to be there and I was accepted and, and that made the difference. And then, as I said, from there, I just, I kind of threw myself into everything. Anything that was on offer, I would try it. And then I, if I didn't like it, I wouldn't go back to it. But I wasn't going to say no. Whereas if I would have started at the start of the time of the year, the first year, I would have said, no, I don't want you want to try it. So it was, that's where the difference is that's the transition I made about college. Yeah, I'd say that resonated with a lot of people, that initial kind of hesitation. And then it's a fantastic attitude then to throw yourself into everything then. That's great to hear. Exactly. Yeah, no, it is it is brilliant here. And um Rhiannon, what about you? What was your most memorable part of, of studying? I know you're still yeah, around know. WIT, but there could be like there could be a million and one things that I could say like it's, it's so hard to narrow down I suppose one thing I suppose is probably coming from Zardfield to the point where you get like your acceptance letter um into the institute to say that you've got your place um, and then you know three or four years later getting your, your kind of parchment that you've graduated with it's that that's a really like a nice feeling because it's kind of to say you know you came from straight from leaving there in and, and now you have a degree and you know you could go off and you can kind of make the most of that and um, that's a huge thing um, I suppose another another big thing was the social aspect. And um, so I think WIT has a really nice community in terms of the social aspect. Um, I, I met the best group of friends and um, we're still my best friends now um, and we talk every day and it's, it's just great. Um, but I suppose the branch is all about lectures. Um, I suppose because WIT has a little bit more kind of maybe small class sizes. Um, I think there was like 12 in my class that graduated. So we were a really, really small class. Um, but we used to just have such great crack with lectures and stuff. Um, and that was really, really nice because it kind of it didn't make you feel like you were kind of going in and just being talked at for, for an hour or two. Um, you were kind of actually engaging um, and it kind of made you more um, inclined to attend the classes, to engage in the classes and things like that, rather than just to go there and kind of sit there for two hours or to not show up at all. Um, and I suppose my best friend did, did the same course in a university um, up the country and she had like 200 in her class. Um, and, and they they would go in, she said it was so hard to make friends because um, you wouldn't be sitting next to the same person every day because there's so many people in your class. You're going to these huge lecture lecture halls um, and, and your lecturer doesn't know you, you don't know them, you're just listening to slides um, every day. And she said it was a completely different atmosphere to what I would have experienced here because we obviously have smaller class sizes, so that's really, really nice. Um, so I suppose that was a huge thing for me. And then I suppose the support element as well. Um, just kind of having, kind of knowing that that it was such a nice community in diversity um, and, and that you were always, you did always have somebody there that you could just kind of fall back on if you were kind of going to the tough time, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, and that is, that is the, there's some uh, great memories there from, from both of you. Robin, have you went to add on memory side? Lord, they're right, Tom, they're all gone. <laughs> Very easy at this stage. But it's the people you meet, isn't it? It's definitely... It is. And it still applies to this day when you're when you're working. It's um, I'm lucky. I, I love being in. I love WIT. I love working in WIT. I love being a student in WIT. But um, the people you meet. I remember the people I went up for, for trials with soccer and Gaelic football trials in September 1996. Tom, <laughs> didn't touch with them, or you know, you go you know you go to their weddings, or you, you catch up with them on Facebook, or you bump into them somewhere at a match or whatever it is. But it's um, 
it is about the people, the connections you make, and and look, you, you get out of it what you put into it, I suppose. And that's yeah. Listen to the two girls' stories. Um, can I just add a bit here, um, I just wanted to add something um, also about the, the point Rihanna made about the lectures, um, what you call it, the lectures made an absolute huge difference as well within the journey because um, with the encouragement of them, like trying to you do better academically and then pushing you to a point of where you were kind of doing better, even though at the time you may be saying, oh my God, this is, I've had enough and I want to leave, like you mean, but I think that kind of positively kind of reinforces you being there and the reason for you being there, like you hear me. Um, mm. I also keep, I still keep in touch with some of the lecturers even now, you hear me? So as I said, you, you kind of build up a network of individuals who kind of will help you further along, like in particular now with me doing a master's, I, I still tap back with my some of my lectures about how to kind of fix things that might be, I might be having an issue where you hear me. So as I said, and that's from the fact that WIT kind of immerse you in their community. You know I mean, even when you leave, you're still part of it, yeah. which is absolutely great. Like that—that that is brilliant. Like it—it it is the the people you meet, the they kind of make the experience that little bit better as well a, a, along the way. And whether that's lecturers or your peers, you know, it, it does all help on the, the journey too and um, Robin uh, just to to get a little bit of um, or some dates and deadlines just for reach in 1916 is there any dates or deadlines I suppose for prime for these programs or what's the yeah I suppose Tom there is process the there? program is, is live at the moment so the links for the the current you know the current reach program application process went live on the 5th of February and those, those, the online link went to all the guidance counsellors and schools in the southeast. So about 120 schools in the southeast, um, they all would have received the information about it. And the deadline to apply is the 16th of April. Students, any students or anyone um, listening in who's thinking about applying for the REACH programme through their school, it has to do it through their school, the 16th of April is the deadline. So if they're looking for more information, they can go onto the website or else they can talk to their guidance counsellor in their own school. Um, in terms of the 1916 bursary, it hasn't gone live yet, Tom, but we're expecting it to go live probably in the next month or so. And um, it's generally, there's a two-stage application process. The first stage is just an expression of interest. And that's very, very simple. You know, just fill in your college you're intending to, to attend, yeah, some contact details as well. And then the second stage will, will go live um, once the offers and acceptances have happened around the... The college courses are in the end of August. So generally students will have three or four weeks once their college opens and uh, once the classes start to still apply for the second stage of the 1916 bursary. But I'd, I'd um, recommend anyone just to keep an eye on the WIT website under the 1916 bursary section. It will, the information will all go there in, time, in terms of deadlines and the information about applying. Yeah, and uh, if anyone has any questions, can they contact by email or... Yeah, so they can absolutely access at wit.ie. Um, that's our main con uh, our main form of contact, I suppose, being out of the office, working remotely. So we're, we're manning that email address constantly um, Brilliant. day to day. So access at wit.ie. Super stuff. And just before we uh, finish up, uh, Via Rhiannon, is there anything you, you, you'd like to add to uh, today's uh, 
chat. Rhiannon, with you first. Yeah, I suppose just I suppose if there is um if there's anybody kind of listening that maybe is considering going to third level um or maybe anybody um that's you know in the process of kind of applying at the moment um definitely just do kind of another research on it and um, find a subject area that suits and that can be half the battle in terms of you enjoying your time here um, and then once you get in you know if if it's WG that you come to or if it's any institute really um you know don't ever be afraid as I said just to reach out um and look for support if you need it um kind of a problem shared is a problem halved in some situations um so it's 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 always really really easy to send off that email or whatever um and nine times out of ten you know you'll get a positive result out of it so don't ever be kind of feeling like you need to deal with the situation on your own um and I suppose that goes for current students as well um if they're kind of struggling in any way um get in contact with SLL and um there's, there's always support there for you um if you need that so so don't ever feel like you need to kind of deal with anything by yourself or don't ever feel like you have to kind of drown yourself and worry um to, to kind of save your pride or anything like that just just reach out and, and there's always something on the other end of the line yeah no that's super i think the big thing is that people think they have to have the answers themselves before they ask the question but you don't um and I actually, that was something I really took from the student counseling podcast that we would have had there a couple of weeks ago. And they said that, like, you don't need to have the answers. Just don't be afraid to ask the questions. And I think that's a, a really important uh, piece of information. And V, have you had to add before we finish up? Uh, I would agree with everything Rihanna said just there. Um, the only other thing I would say is that uh, should you be a student and you're struggling and you don't want to kind of, talk to a, a kind of a professional about it in, in the like one of the support services maybe talk to your peer-to-peer mentor and then they will allocate the, what you call they'll send you to the right direction if you're unsure which support even you want to kind of link in with um i think that's really important because sometimes peers don't want to talk to somebody who's who's higher in authority they would rather talk to their own peers so that's an important yeah. part of it and also engage with everything try everything you don't like it you don't have to keep with it just try it like you know I me mean? be the best thing i could say to everyone and whatever you put in is what you're going to get out of it at the end of the day so if you choose to put in minimal and and things are going wrong then change it i'd call it you have to tell you have the power to change it it's all about you and your empowerment so that's what i'd say to them great advice there as well so I suppose uh, Robin, V and Rhiannon just say it was great um, catching up with you all today and really appreciate you all coming on as well. And it's great to have you. Um, so yeah, it's brilliant just to hear your experiences in WIT through the Access Office. And I think you've really all highlighted um, the importance of the programme to WIT and the wider community as well. Um, so Robin had given the, the email address. So as I said, if anyone is listening today and is looking for any more information about any of the topics covered or have questions uh, for the Access Office, as Robin said, um, they can always be contacted by email at access.wit.ie. And if you're looking to uh, find out about some of the supports and information, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram and TikTok. That's the new one. Uh, at sll.wit or just type student life and learning into your search bar on these various platforms as well. Um, if you have any student related queries, you can email us on sll at wit.ie. And I just want to thank the lads again for coming on and we will catch up with you all again soon. So thanks for listening.